speak on what we do on a Sunday here in worship, but I want to speak on how in the secret place you can cultivate intimacy. And I think all of that language is so familiar that we probably don't realize that we're not doing it. The word intimacy has become so trendy that we probably don't even realize if we're doing it or not. Um, and also, when you start stepping into the goodness of God, you can kind of forget the intimacy part. Yeah? Um, so this is for me too. Um, I've really felt challenged by the Lord to go here. So, let's do Exodus 33. Exodus is the second book of the Bible, if you're new to the Bible. It's an awesome, awesome story. I love the story of Exodus. It's a lot about Moses' journey. There's lots you can get out of this even small, tiny passage of Scripture, but we'll, we'll see where we go. Okay. Are we there? Okay. This is from the NIV, so certain words are different to yours. I'm sure it'll... Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, that's lots of parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. Next line, but I will not go with you because you are a, a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. Wow. The person who obviously rewrote, you know, into English just was in a bad mood. <laughs> Verse 4. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn, underline or highlight that word, and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you are a stiff-necked people and if I were to go with you even for a moment, I might destroy you. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. <laughs> now take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. So, so the Israelites stripped off their ornaments. Oh, no, horrid. All right, next section. In this book, in this Bible, it's highlighted the tent of meeting. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. They didn't have a proper tab um, tabernacle for their ark, so they were getting that kind of sorted if they could. And so in the meantime, he would create his own tent, set it out somewhere, and called it the tent of meeting, right? Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to, to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at, at the entrance. And while the Lord spoke with Moses, while the Lord spoke with Moses, so whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man would speak with his friend. Underline that. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young uh, um, aide Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave the camp. It's kind of interesting, too, considering where Joshua went further. I'm sure some of that is also a position of you know protection and stewardship of the of the facility, but, but just the phrase that he would not leave the camp. All right. What I'm going to go through is kind of, I want to understand when they talk of, of the tent in the Old Testament, and you can, I mean, if you read Acts, if you read the story, uh, the blurb from Stephen, which always makes me cry, you kind of hear how the Holy Spirit was coming and that we become the temple. You sort of see the journey from the tent, the tent, um, you know, Solomon will finally build the proper temple what's another word for it tabernacle it's those are two words i don't know any others yeah anyway and then then the holy spirit comes because we become the living temple yes do you want to see a little bit of where that is or are you happy with me saying that you're all right with that um okay so when we see that journey then we kind of can understand that we become the tent and so here we have moses sort of an example of friendship with god which is kind of foreign and I mean, he had a specific people that he would sort of connect to with it. Now it's for all of us. And he would meet with him and speak with him face to face as a friend. Now, this is my story. I've grown up Christian household, so Christian um, 
values were completely normal to me. I didn't have conflict with that. Um, I just, and I would follow them. So I, I used to read my Bible often, um, not daily, then throughout the week often. I love to worship. Worship's always possibly been a gift in me, so it's been an easy access point. Um, so some of us, that'll be like, some of the intercession feels natural. So spending time hearing what God wants to pray about and praying, it, it can feel natural, okay? So what I'm wanting to sort of sit in here is that you can do all those things and think that you're cultivating intimacy. But technically, you're not really having um, a relational development growth conversation with Jesus. You're kind of learning about him, and those things add to it, so they're not null and void. I hope you hear me saying it's not that you don't read your Bible or that you don't spend time in worship. It's just that there's this place of meeting with him as a friend. If you think of David saying, better is one day in your courts, so one day in the temple, then a thousand hours elsewhere. Did he just read his Bible all day? Did he worship all day? So what did he do? What makes it feel that you can walk around going, I'm a friend of God? Is it that you know enough scripture? Is it that you've become someone who can sing really well? Is it that intercession feels easy so you know what to pray for or that you can prophesy or that you have great gifts? What qualifies, and I mean it in a, I know it in my own confidence, what qualifies it that I'm a friend of God? It's relationship. Who's doing um, the Love After Marriage conference next month, I think? Is there any of us? Yeah, yep, Grant, I know Grant and Cheryl are, a few others are. Luke and I did it in our first year of marriage. Um, are some of the Life Hubs doing um, Kylo keeping your love on? Yeah? Still? Or is it finished? Still? You can talk with me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a talker. All right. Um, a lot of the material in those things um, kind of give you conversational tips. Oh, when in conflict, this is how you can go. Step one, step two, step three. And then suddenly the person that you're in conflict with or you're in relationship with, there becomes a building or an understanding. And there's, there's almost an order that builds trust or builds healing or builds um, better peace or better grace within this father and child. And do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? There's tools. Um, and what I found was um, I, I'd become so offended with God because I was prophesying and ministering and working my butt off as a PA in a beautiful church. And um, he wasn't doing anything good for me. That was my understanding. And that was my wound. Uh, I've seen you work through my parents and I've seen you do miracles through my prayers there. You haven't, you haven't met me. You haven't, I haven't felt your love for me. I don't get it. And it was, it was like an I'm out, but you can never really be out when you know he, he exists. So you're like, I'm stuck. So you're like sitting in the spider web going, I'm not talking to you because you suck, but I can't get away from the truth that you're real. It's a horrible, sticky place to be, right? Yep. So the best part about that is that um, he can override that with one morning, and he woke me up. I was in complete rebellion. I believe I was drinking a bottle of wine while reading the Bible because reading the Bible is important. That's where I was at. It was like, I get that this is true. I don't know how to do it anymore. You, I'm so hurt, but nothing else is going to get me through this black state I'm in, so I'm going to keep one foot in there because I'm going to die if I don't kind of thing. And I know that he's true, so I can't deny it, so I'll just read my Bible and drink a bottle of wine. And so what I found was I woke up one morning, and all he said, and I hadn't heard him for a long time, was, I woke for you today. very breath is by his design and his grace. We get so comfortable in first world that we don't realize how good it is to be woken by God every day and that it's a gift. He lives even in our biggest pain. It's a gift that we're alive every day. I think we look for, he has to prove it to us before we'll worship him. But you woke up today. Are you worthy of our worship? Because he just went, hey, I'm going to breathe in your mouth and you're going to rise. We're going to do another day. Do you know how many people out there would love to know that that could happen for them tomorrow? And that's how you screw with your head when you're angry with him. Because reverence comes into the question. It comes into the relationship with reverence. And I think I always thought love had to start it off. And it does, because he is love. But reverence kicked it off for me. Because I suddenly realized he was big and I was an idiot. 
I was. I'd put all that I understood here and in my own experiences as that is the truth. And you better prove, you know, me wrong or get out of my life. That was my statement. How arrogant, how arrogant are we that we think we understand life and how it should be and he hasn't done it the way I wanted it, so back off. Yeah, I get that there's wounds, I get there's pain that leads us there, but it was one of those moments where I was like, man, this is a tipping point. I either have to go, okay, so he is God and everything I've come to think life is has to go to dust. Or I'm God and I have to keep pushing him away and do it the way I can see it. So no matter how much you know your Bible, when it comes to relating with God, something has to yield up here. All the understanding has to be, has to kind of go, even the good stuff, it has to go here and you go, I'm willing to have it anywhere you want it. I'm willing to hear you anywhere you want to speak and I'm okay with wherever you want to go in conversation and I'm all right with whatever you want to change in my life because literally it's me or you and I'm the only one doing it this way and it's not working. I'm the one building my own little sanctuary of my happiness and it's not working. And if I look to you and go make me happy, that won't work either because now I've made an order on you. So I actually have to put my whole idea of what is even life for, what is my purpose in life, what is how am I supposed to feel every day about life, I have to lay it all down and go, whatever your design is and your purpose is and your your love for me, if it's even there, you're going if you're God, then all of that has to be true. Everything the word says is true. It has to be true, and you're gonna do that in me, in your timing. So I have to fly off a cliff and stay suspended for as long as you like. I have to choose. I literally, I remember writing down, I have to choose insanity. I have to choose insanity. I have to choose that I can't trust this 100% yet until I know that each block you put in is the one you put in, not the one I put in. Yeah? So what I found is that I started reading heaps and um, learning lots. I think a few people are reading Good Good Morning Holy Spirit. Yes, yeah. That's also, I started reading Exodus because I felt like he was bringing me out of my prison of me and taking me into who I'm supposed to be. So I read Exodus and I did the days in season with him. I felt like he was doing something. And then I read Good Morning Holy Spirit, Benny Hinn. I don't care about your opinions on Benny Hinn. All right, um, brilliant book, brilliant book. And I, I remember reading it. Now here, here it goes, because you're starting this journey with God and I'm starting to realize that when I choose insanity, suddenly my relationship with him truly is about me. Like he's really about me. Not in a, this is about me. He's really about me because I can't survive each day unless he tells me how to do it. Do you understand the difference? It's no longer about me, uh, slot coin, give me my thing. It's about me because he's going to build me today and he's going to empty something he doesn't want to me today and everything he does is good because I'm not having the opinion anymore. I don't have the control anymore. So it was, it was actually, it's like you hear him a lot quicker when you stop holding the reins. Yeah. Suddenly everything you demanded from him comes because you stop demanding and you just leave it in his hands. Yeah. So I read this book, and in this book, Benny Hinn talks about a friendship he develops with Holy Spirit as a person, Holy Spirit. Um, I always call Holy Spirit Jesus. You can attack me for that later, but all three are one, and one is three. And I love my friendship with Holy Spirit, and I still call him Jesus. You can call him God, and you can call him Holy Spirit because he is three and one, and one is three. So hallelujah. It's like calling Pete to the top and tipping. No, I hate that analogy. Anyway. Um, so I read Good Morning Holy Spirit and some way through here when he starts having conversations with him and there's this deep encounters and and I was like, oh God, I know I'm not Benny Hinn, but and you might not desire me to do what Benny Hinn did or Catherine Corman because that was sort of where he felt impartation came from, but I'm and I've kind of watched anything you can on Catherine Corman because she's just incredible and a person, a human with faults, but I just loved her ministry. So I'm reading this, and I'm like, but it's, 
the Holy Spirit is for everyone and, and it was just simply from friendship with him. Then can you meet me like that? Like, can you meet with me like that? It sounds like um, I'm tinkling it off and I think it's a great idea and I wouldn't mind experiencing it myself. But what it came to that night, I remember calling off my bed and getting on my knees on the floor and going, would you just come, Holy Spirit? And um, the weight of God's presence just really hit me in the room like, do you know it's nothing about the fancy stuff? Do you know what it is? This is simply it. And maybe this is from my wounding, whatever. The weight of God hit me like a, never mind, I was just on the floor. And I felt the Lord's fizzly, fuzzly stuff and done joy and laughing and falling over. I've done it, legit. I felt his presence before. First time I did it and I burst into tears because he came to me. In my room, he came to meet with me. It's not about all the fluffy, fluffy things and, oh, I... Uh, I think people get offended by that. Oh, I'm not going to do extravagant things because then it looks like this. And I'm like, oh, for goodness sake. He came. He's come for you. He comes personally for you because he likes you. And that is it. That is what life is about. That moment is what worship is about. That is why we get up every day. That. Everything else comes from that. And that's the place you seem to just drop off easily the part that overwhelmed me was that he came and yet here it is Exodus 33 the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as man speaks with his friend he would put up a tent and God would meet him we are the temple he made us the temple because he wanted us to be his home and so then we start being all prim and proper and we don't swear and we watch what she watch which is great and we look after ourselves physically and we make sure that we don't go to pubs often and we're the temple and we dress really appropriately so that we don't cause our brother to stumble. None of that is wrong. But we're the temple because he wants somewhere to meet with you. He wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you more than where you minister or where you're designed to go. Even more, and this could be for it, than your blueprint design of what you should come is that he wants to be with you. He wants to meet with you. And we have no idea, because let's be honest, when we have these teachings on lamb and on Kylo, keeping your love on, we're like, oh, I've got to have these conversations and they're so awkward. And Oh, what do we do? And we have no idea that the fruit of it at the end could be so rich because we don't know how to get there and we don't know what it tastes like when we're there. And so we sit here with apprehension, you know, of the art of conversation and the art of vulnerability and intentionality. I'm going somewhere, keep following me. So I would read, so I read that, and so I was starting to meet with him, which was really amazing, and I think because worship is in my spirit, it would, would have this pattern, and we would meet, and it wasn't that I followed some pattern, but I kind of felt naturally what the spirit would lead me into every time we met would just be this place of, I guess people would call glory, I just call it engagement, we just would talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. And sometimes I'd just cry for ages because he just wants to do healing. And sometimes he'd give me things he wants me to pray into for other people. So all that stuff that's within our gifting, our sight and our hearing, it comes there. It's there. But there's almost like if we don't, if we don't pursue conversation really well, we can get a result that we think was the result, but it's not the most pure result. Is that, is that okay? So I would sort of want to... I want to be in your presence, but I want to be in your presence purely because I want to hear you, not me. And so it was like, where's this material? So then I go reading. I'm like, okay, well, after Good Morning Spirit, there's Welcome, you know. So I read that. And then there's uh, The God of Intimacy in Action. And there's a book by Bill Johnson on his presence, which is a really good one as well. I actually recommend it. It's probably the closest I've found to what I've been looking for because I'm looking for not a pattern, but a pattern of developing intimacy with him that I can kind of sit in because some days are really messy and I just want to focus in and, and other days are really easy and you just step in. But I was like, isn't there like a, I don't want a method and a pattern, but isn't there a wisdom in the scripture that I go, oh, I get it, and it kind of aids me through. There's nothing out there. There's heaps of awesome instruction, and I love it, on how to read the Bible in your quiet time. It's really good. I 100% I encourage it. Like I, I don't, I'm not saying do quiet time without your Bible. 
he's often he's often lived with just the best. But um, there's really good encouragement on songs and on worship and you know and on extravagant praise. But there's nothing. There's no encouragement on how to do the conversation. I'll just be spirit led. But for people who've never gone there, like that can feel awkward. Or you know, like what do you do? Like where do you start? And hi. So what hen- ends up happening is we do it how we do our friendships. So we're driving somewhere. Hey God, how are you doing today? I'm not bagging that. I do it all the time because he's always with us and it is friendship. So here, everything I'm saying and going, all these things are good, but, but he wants date night. And how do we do date night? And when we're in marriages, that's often the most awkward time. Let's be real. Like, uh, so what do we talk about? Because we've done like baby conversations and like Luke and I, we talked about business all week. We've done babies and everything. And now we've got one-on-one time where we like stare at each other. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Because now this is the knowing time. And like, I don't even know me. I've been lost in the week. So how do we, how do, we do this? And I, I haven't been able to find it. And I'm sure there's books out there. Please, if you find it, tell me because I want, I want so much material for this stuff. Uh, so, so I've come up with, because I've noticed in Australia acronyms are awesome, <laughs> I've, I've, what I did one day is I was just desperate for people to feel equipped to know where to start and to feel the boundaries of purity and humility in it. Um, that Because what we would be doing is pressing into worship and, and we'd be leading people in that and people would be going, man, I, I taste intimacy here and I feel fellowship here, but then they have no idea that that's rooted and grounded in our encounter with the Lord and how can they do that at home? And so then they go and read, but and it's, it can become super dry and actually really depressing because you so badly want that place you're encountering and you don't know how to find it and you're doing everything you feel he's telling you to do and it's like it's dry. And things in our hearts obviously can need healing and there's areas there, but there's actually a, actually I 100% believe that where the Holy Spirit is, there's freedom. So I should be able to, in any season and with all brokenness, be able to sit and hear the voice of God. I'm serious. I hope Elijah House backs me up on that. But I feel like if I'm in his presence, any brokenness does not get in the way between him and me having conversation. Because he is heaven, which is the fullness. No pain, no sin, no brokenness. I should be able to stand with him and hear. Now, in my brokenness, I might interpret things differently. And there's things that always are in accountability within fellowship and friends. But I just, I felt like there should be like such a biblical stepping stone way for me to be sitting in the presence of God in the way that he's asked me to be. I say he's asked me to be because he leads the way. We don't walk in with how we should be connection time. He has a way, whether we like it or not, whether it feels awkward or not, whether we think we know how to do it or not. He has a way. So, are we ready to acronyms? Okay, I can do this. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to start with, oh, I've made it a word that's easy, even though it's used so many times that people don't often know even what to do with it. I'm going to do, oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> the mountain where he meets you, right there. Okay, I'm going to go like this. Okay, all right. Okay, so the word is prayer. Easy to remember, right? Biblical, right? Winning. Okay. Keep interacting with me. It keeps it, because it's such a deep and awkward topic, and I just feel like it keeps it fun and everyone can do it. All right, what do we feel that P might mean? If we're going, okay, I've gotten up, I've got, for some of us now, I know for me, I've like, I've got 15 minutes. But for others, it's, I've got a longer amount of time. I've got the morning to spend with God, or I've gone for a walk in the bush, or whatever. What would, what would be a starting point of conversation? And everything I have here, used in your marriage, this is the art of conversation, all right? This is what I feel. This has been, this has led me in. Or don't use it at all. It's okay. All right. P. Praise. Oh, I like it. Present yourself should be there, too. Okay, I've got praise. What, when there's praise in scripture, what's it always partnered with? Yeah, awesome. Why? 
is what we do every Sunday morning. Huh? Have you woken up and trusted him? Because he's worth it. He's king. What does, what is, okay, this is good. This is the why. Um, in scripture, you know, entry gates are thanksgiving, courts of praise. There's an entry point. Gates is also what he calls us. Sometimes I flip it around and I go, oh, he enters our gates when we have praise. And he enters the deeper places in our hearts. Yeah, with thanksgiving. Think about it as Shiloh. So there's an entry point. All this instruction is exactly what was even shared this morning. I love it. There's a, there's a quote, and I wrote it down because it's so simple, but he says it well by Brad Cloring. He's the Hillsong Creative pastor. He said, the mystery about worship is that it isn't about us. It's about God, but God doesn't need our worship. We do. Because God never changes, but when we worship, we change. Yeah? So when I think of praise and thanksgiving, I'm literally coming in obedient to what he's asked to do, not because he needs it, though he deserves it. He's worthy of it but because I need it. I need to praise him. All of this is for my good. So if you think, oh, this is works, it's not. This is all for your good. This is, this is a wooing. This is how you enter into deep places. There's a process to get you there, all right? Um, it doesn't, I find I don't have to use this all the time because I now just go, you know? But there's other days where I'm so spun, and this is really handy, okay? All right, praise Thanksgiving. Um, there's a million, you've read one of the scriptures I think today, Psalm 84, um, Psalm 96, there's too many Psalms, read the Psalms and you realize praise and thanksgiving, all right, Psalm 113, Psalm 117, Psalm 95, they are all about praise the Lord, all you people, and then just describes how creation praises, that it's, that he's worthy of praise, praise and thanksgiving, now I'm going to point out why, so, obviously breaks down our walls, gives credit where it's due, he woke us this morning, so what does it do? It starts knocking on the boundaries of pride or where we're full of ourselves. So he wants empty vessels. So we need to f empty ourselves. Yes? So this step right here, it's always the best one. When you don't know how to reach him or you don't know how to reach your husband or wife, praise, thanksgiving. Yeah? 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 Because... It empties us of our issue, of our boundary, of our obstinance, of our confusion, and it just goes, but this is, this is the truth for God, is, and it's the better truth. When you're in, in, in conflict with someone, but you're like, but I'm really grateful for you, it's the better truth, because they do do a lot. Like, someone living with you lives with you. <laughs> That's a lot. Let's be real, hey? They've let you down, but they live with you. They put up with you. They do a lot. So this is it, praise and thanksgiving, all right? So this is... Um, Andrew's Gates, what did I say? Because uh, he uh, gives praise where it's due, so this is, attention goes where it's due, basically, okay? Alignment. All of this is alignment. All right? It breaks down our walls. It starts us off into focusing what's important. It knocks on the door of pride. So, this is important because if you want to do a conversation with someone and that pride door is raging, you're not going to get very far. Let's talk, let's kind of hit it on the head at the start, all right? So what would I be? Hmm? No. But that's good. Yes. Repent. Our Father who art in heaven. Yes. Hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, thy will be done. What's in there? Forgive us and forgive others, yes? Why? Why is repentance necessary? Humble. Why does it humble? Yeah. Okay, so when I read Exodus 33, I was like, wow. I will not go with you. This is verse 3. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you. Heaven forbid. So if you're living in the goodness of God, but you don't have intimacy with him, is it satisfactory? It's not really. So go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you're a stiff-necked people. Well, hello, pride. You're a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. Yeah, he, he, he opposes the proud. Have you read James? It's the most slicing book on the planet, right? James. Read it once and then give it a, a year and then go back. Okay. But he talks about it in there. If you're, if you're not sure, if you think pride is acceptable, read James. Um, 
all right, but I will not go with you, which is not what we want because the main point is the meeting. In fact, we get exhausted if we do anything outside of this union with Jesus. So we want the meeting. We want God with us more than the things we long for and desire, the fruit, the goodness, the healing. Let's be real. And if this is not where your heart is at, that's an important question to ask yourself. Do you want God with you? And if God with you is not enough, then are you meeting with him? Or is it the idea of God with you? Big, tall dude holding a spear, walking with you. Do you see what I'm saying? Because he's saying it's more than enough that just his presence is enough for you. So if it's not, then something's, there's not union happening with his presence here. Yeah? Okay. So, verse 4. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn. And no one put on any ornaments. Remorse. Yeah? Remorse. Remorse. Oh, dang it, he caught me in sin. No? What's remorse? Oh, I got him. Got it. I just consider what that did. I consider what that did to me, what that did to you, what that did to my friend. So we kind of know the language of praise because we sing about it, but let's think of it in prayer. Papa, you're the morning splendor. Just who you are, your character, your shining face, your creation, your provision. You know what, God, you were faithful. You did it again. You put a roof over my head and you've given me a plate before me to eat from. You're a faithful God. Can you see how that's all biblical? But I'm starting to language and look for, so I'm pursuing the truth of God in my discussion. Yeah? Repentance. This is so according to season and boy, it's according to revelation he doesn't kind of expose all of you in one go so this is so this this is a different pocket every time all of it is but this is where spirit leg comes into it because he kind of draws out and you'll feel it here he's just starting to knock on here you'll go i can't go further without going i know that i've been speaking about people behind their back it's just coming out of my mouth this week god i don't understand it i'm slandering all the time it is not who I'm supposed to be. It's not your desire for me, God. It's just, it's just riddling with me. Lord, there's a root there somewhere. Reveal it to me. I don't want to be like that. I'm sorry. Do you see how you're starting to approach stuff? Yeah? I've been holding back from you. I've been avoiding you, God. Um, I've been jealous. I've, I've seen it and I know it. He'll start knocking on this and it will lead you into it. Because this shows the shining, wonderful light of God on you. It does. You've stepped into the light. Hello. Yeah? And he loves us just the same. So we get to just keep having conversation with him. But there's repentance. There's a position of, and sometimes the whole time will just be here because he wants to talk to you about the root of it. Or it'll be, I need to go to get prayer ministry for that. But um, but there's a position in our hearts where we finally give in to having prayer ministry about that. Here, yeah, yeah, okay. What does God love? He loves a broken and contrite spirit. I really feel like it's such a valuable place, and it's the place that we can skip. Um, because He loves us so much, really loves us, and He accepts us for where we're at. And it's all those things that excuse the real heart of the matter. Each stage is going into more and more awkwardness. And so we can ignore or push away from each stage because we don't want to go there. My encouragement is if you want to do relationship with God, then you need to be open. And it is the awkward conversation that's the most beautiful. It's the most rich. So this exposes as well. It's humble. It's a broken and contrite spirit. Which means when we hear from him, it's getting purer and purer. Yeah, more and more pure, purer, anyway, yeah, purer, all right, and then more of that, it does this, which if you're doing well in the goodness of God, you're really feeling like he's provided and, you know, things that have been in lack are now full and you're not not necessarily doing as much sort of hey conversations with him about deep things, you're just doing hey conversations about Jesus, can you stand apart and pray for me? So they're not wrong, are you hearing me? Like that's relationship, but I'm talking about meeting yeah so if, if you're finding like um you're not going there and it's from good seasons not bad seasons it's because we're losing something very important and it's this you really need jesus you really need him 
this place always blows me away that his blood makes it okay that I can stand before God. Because I can tell you now a million things I ain't doing right. And I don't mean that from right and wrong and judgment. We need Jesus. We need him. If you think that you've come through really good with self-righteousness, you're in a trouble deal problem. Like, we need Jesus. There is constantly a journey of wholeness and salvation. It is ongoing till till kingdom come. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. If that's not true for you, there's something in here not broken, or there's something like how I was where I don't need him because he's not worked well with my plans. Yeah? We really need him. And so repentance brings us into a need. So what would A be? Student of the year. No, that's really good. Yeah, whatever. She read she read my notes. <laughs> um, adoration. Now, commonly, because there's another one I remember getting taught at school called ACTS. Um, adoration, confession, thanks, supplication. I don't know if you've done that one for prayer time, which is great, except for I didn't ever feel intimacy from it. But um, um, adoration is kind of more important than asking. And A is often people go, ask. Now's the time because you've done the, you're awesome. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. Now, can I have this? Yeah? You've ticked the two boxes that were really important to tick before you asked for something. I've been a really patient kid. Like, kids can learn to do that, right? So, adoration. What did we say about worship? It's not about him. It's about us becoming like him. So, what's the difference between praise and thanksgiving? And what's the difference between adoration and that? What's the difference between this one and this one? And even if we're not, it requires a place of us that is way more tender. So basically, adoration starts knocking on your vulnerability door. And the only way you get to know someone is if you're vulnerable. So I can know about him, and I can acknowledge that he's great. But it's only when we step into adoration that I go, I'm willing to be completely awkward right here and say, I want to know you, and I want you to know me. And so I'm going to lavish on you in a way that I think... Why would God want that? Because it's no longer about, wow, the trees you've made are stunning. It's because you are beautiful. And the way that you speak moves me. And I can't live without you. And your heart cry is, how can I move the heart of God? How can I move? Because apparently we can. Apparently we can. Adoration is a position that we're supposed to be in because that's the temple. All day in the temple, bed is one day. There's a place of of worship and ministering to God. That's what David did. He would minister unto God. David, a man after God's own. So we think, oh, he was similar to God, a man after God's own heart. I hear a man running after God's own heart. So we have to want the heart, which means we have to be aware of our heart to want the heart. Luke and I are talking about emotional connection, and we're like, I can't have an emotional conversation. I talk about how I'm feeling with someone if the other person isn't willing to deal with how to steward their own emotions. Yeah, so he's a safe God, and he's worthy of adoration, so we, we want to step into that place, then and s- but most of the time it's an area that we're shut down in because in this realm, it's not been a good place, yeah? It can be a damaging conversation, or it can be like, I just showed my affection to someone, and he was like, yeah, can you make me a coffee? Do you see what I mean? It's a shutdown place. It's a rejection place. It's an awkward place. It's a, I don't like to be naked place. Yeah, this place. but it's good for us because it produces vulnerability. It opens, basically for me, if I, do, if I adore God and it has nothing to do with how I'm feeling, if I'm like, Jesus, you're beautiful. Your name, who you are, it's like honey on my lips. I, I don't want to breathe. I don't want to do today unless you make it to me. Moreover, God, I'm content today if we're just holding hands. Like all the awkward, mushy stuff. If we step into that place, do you know what it does? Because this is for our good. It opens up a whole place for God to meet with us that when we sit and have a conversation with God and read the word or whatever, we're like, but it feels dry. And every time I do stuff, it just feels dead and it feels dry. This is that place. 
compassion, affection, perfection. Some of us don't even know what that is. We haven't experienced it. Let me tell you, Jesus loved hugging. He loved hugging. He's the most appropriate and all-consuming hugger. He heals through hugs. He heals through eye contact. He heals through sighs and leaning in. There's a whole other place. If you struggle to move during worship, this might be why. I'm not judging. Affection is physical. You're moved into expression when it comes to affection. Adoration and affection is engagement. It's opening. I don't know how to language this except for to say, please try it. Please try it. Psalm 48, verse 9, she read it. Psalm 84. They're just psalms of affection. There's so many more in there. I'm like looking for some, you know, but there's that time before Jesus' burial where the lady came in and she broke open her um, alabaster box and poured her perfume over his feet and washed it with her hair and her tears. And, of course, it focuses a bit on the response from Judas Iscariot because he was dealing with money and how could you do that? She could have sold it and made lots of money and blah, blah. Jesus' response, and I'm not going to get the words right because I'm not open there, is the one who has sinned much loves much. This leads to that. Do you understand? When you understand how much you need him, you want to pour yourself at his feet and go, you're worthy of everything I've got today. Does that make sense? And if you feel like the older brother who's done it perfectly, you need prayer ministry. I love you, but it's true because we're all, we're all in a place of need. There is a broken place before God that is righteous. It's not shaming. It's righteous. It's wonderful. It's wonderful that he brings us into wholeness. We want to be whole. We want to be like him. And so that place of those who have sinned much, love much, that's all of us. So we need to learn what it looks like to pour out everything we've got, give our two coins, whatever it is. And I think sometimes we do it in our gift capacity where I'll work hard today or I'll, I'll pray more or whatever. And really, he just loves affection. He loved the perfume, but you know, he loved her tears. They were perfume too. They had history to them that none of us know. They had a belief in her redemption that none of us know. He loves tears. He's not thinking it's awkward if you put your hair on his feet. Whoa, <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> A lot of times I'm not sitting. I'm on my knees or I'm lying on the floor. Rah, or, you know, like, engage. Is that okay? So it changes us. This place of worship changes us because here we're choosing not just to talk about him or say sorry about ourselves. Here we're wanting to be. Vulnerability is such a gift to give someone else. You know, Jesus came to earth. Jesus. When I was a mum carrying a baby in my belly, I went, Jesus, the God of creation, put himself in a woman's belly. That is ridiculous. The amount of questions you ask yourself about how I'm going to birth, what am I going to do, how am I going to feed him afterwards? I know their circumstances were different back then. But he left himself in the capable hands of a human lady to raise him. Vulnerable. I think we can try it. Yeah? It's crazy. Think about it. God of the universe. Bethy had talked about it. Unending creation. Glory, power. Wow. Puts himself inside a human person so that we can come and be with him. Do you understand how this really isn't about how we're annoyed with something today and we don't feel like it? Yeah? So what would why be? Yes! One of my favorite words. I before E except after C. Huge. Yay. When I was in Bible college, I had this awesome prophetic guy. I wish I had the, 
short take of the recording. <laughs> yes, we're bonding. Um, but I remember him talking to me, prophesying of over me, and he said, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. It was a really cool prophetic word. Yes, yes I am. Oh, wow, God, that's cool. Like, whoa. And then, if you would but yield. Said it twice, and that was the end of the word. And I'm like, what on earth is yield? Yeah, I didn't do that for years, honey. Like, for years. Because yield was what I talked about right at the start. Yield is when you go, actually, this is not about my way at all. Yield is a lot about trust. It's about alignment. It's about offering our lives. It's about saying my heart is completely open and anywhere you go is fine. 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 Wherever you want to lead me in the next season ahead, I'll go it. I'll do it. If it means letting go of every good thing I have right now, this is such a big one for me. When you've been treading water for so long in your life and you get given the goodness of God and he establishes you and then you realize yielding is actually saying, but you can take all of that as well if you want. Everywhere you go is fine. I'd rather have you than go into the promised land. What is this life about, people? Because pain is real. It's such a dictator of our choices because it hurts. Pain is real. Yielding says, above that, I'm willing to hear what's on your heart. I'm willing to have relationship with you that's about your agenda. I'm willing to believe that you're the God of love. And even when you speak to me and I'm not sure what it's about, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to listen and agree. It's not mindless. It's not, it's not turning you into a dummy that just goes, yes, God, yes, God, anything you say, yes, God. It's... it's, it's um, it's, I've acknowledged all of that you've made me to be, and I want you to say how this looks. I want, I want to give back to you every goodness, every glory, every extravagant thing, and I want you to say how this moves. I, want, I can see that we could go here, and I could see that we could do this, and we could build this, but I want you to say how that happens, and I want you to say where we go. Does that make sense? In the moment of that day, this is a struggle. These are the concerns. I'm worried about finances. My child is sick. I'm whatever it is. Yielding is, and what do you want, God? Because right now, you're the most important thing before me. Yeah? It really aligns priorities. He's given you responsibilities, so it doesn't take that out, but it aligns them. Yielding is... Yielding is meekness. I heard a story. Um, has anyone listened to the teaching by Ray Hughes called The Warhorse? No? Anyway, um, there's a section where he talks a bit on meekness. And meekness is when you have these horses trained, trained up more and more for battle. So you've, you've kind of got a whole collection of them that you're still sort of sor sorting and sifting through. It's nice, hear me. But you basically don't feed them for a few days. Then... You let them out on a big field, and on the opposite end of the field, you put a, a trough full of food. You just empty food there. And of course, naturally, runnage. You know, they run towards the trough, hungry for food. And meekness is when the trainer goes, whoa, and one stops. Because there's such a trust in there that you'll feed me, you'll keep me alive, you're that good, so I'm just obedient. It's not the, my priority that I see first of all. It's always your priority that you see first of all because you're that good to me. Do you see the difference? Yielding is the meekness in our hearts. Yielding is what Christ did so that he died on the cross for our sins. Does that make sense? Yielding is saying, well, I'll give my life, whatever that looks like. It doesn't make you empty or lacking vision or lacking dream. It just means that every part of it is led by him and every timing is led by him. Is that okay? Sometimes, I know for me, because I'm quite, I'm, once I get something, I'm like, run! It's really, it's really hard to see something and still do it according to his will. You know, see the food and do it in, hi in his timing. And so, it's the wisdom of God to yield. It's really, really establishes a safe place for us if we are sitting in a position of yieldedness 
we tend to do the life decisions we have, the business decisions we have, the parenting decisions we have with a lot more wisdom because we're, we're in checkpoints with him, yeah? Because we kind of see what he's released us to and then we run on ahead. And so yielding for me basically is just making sure it's his voice that's, that's directing every move that we make. Is that okay? Just because sometimes yielding sounds like surrender and I give up and it's, and I just wanted to knock on that word and refresh your memory of it. All right? What would be E? Oh, if you want to know more about yielding, read James 4. What would be E? I'm sorry, I gave you black fingers. Um, I'm just going to like meet this here so that you remember it. Okay? E. Anyone else? Expect this, right? Hmm? Oh, that's good. Expect is good too. It's right in there. All right. I've got engage. I've used it a lot. Because now we're engaging in conversation. Because from here to here, now I know that when I'm talking to you, there's a purity seat I'm sitting in. Does that make sense? I've actually done what you've asked me to do in approaching him. I've approached him saying, I'm open. I'm yielded to whatever you have to say. Um, you're great. This is areas that are not clean in my heart, and I just need to acknowledge that. Um, I love you, and so I'm going to be vulnerable to what you have to say. I'm going to choose obedience. And so once we get into engaging conversation, you're not hearing him say something and go, wow. Or, I didn't hear that, and I can't hear him at all. I can't hear God. I don't know why I can't hear God. Do you see what I'm saying? You've led yourself to open ears. By obedience to his way of meeting him, you've led yourself to open ears and open eyes. To eavesdrop. So I wrote, open ears, open eyes. You can trust yourself because you've also laid down things that would be trickery. So you're starting to develop your senses to lean into here and to, to know him. And you can kind of trust some of the engagement that's coming through because you've purified the airwaves that you're in. Does that make sense? Yeah? So trust is established because you've yielded. You think you need to trust him, but you need to trust the process. You need to trust you. And so the process he's given you that sounds all about him is actually about you because now you can trust. Yeah? Is that cool? So open ears, open eyes. I've got here engage a conversation and this is where we miss out we hear for others um, we hear according to what's a request on our heart we hear a lot of that stuff and that's good stuff the conversation when it's this way it's kind of like it's like you've said you can start the conversation and he goes anyway in this place I've seen things felt things cried my eyes out I've learned to develop my gifts instead of like your prophetic gifting is for you. It's not also for others. It's definitely for everyone else. It's for you. It's for you to kind of know that you and him talk all the time. It's a bonding connection thing. That's why all should prophesy. Like we should, we should have all our senses discerning good and evil so we can discern, oh, it's him. Not just that person's got some dodgy stuff on them. Like it's so that you can discern him. So this, this is a great place because, yes, still subject to, to friendship and wise counsel and obviously scripture. You're... You're now having all those sort of spiritual language places open because your mind's no longer in control of where this conversation's supposed to go and how it's supposed to go. And so you're in this place of literally his conversation is this, and often it's just, I love you. It's healing conversation. It's conversation that if someone said to you, when you go into him, your secret time with the Lord, he's going to tell you he loves you. You'll go, yes, thanks. I've heard that a million times. It's true because it sounds so plastic. Until you're there and you've done this. Then he says it and it hits a place here. And you're like, oh my goodness, the three-year-old me just heard that. Yeah? Really, because you've said anywhere you go is fine. And what we've ended up being, and I, and I mean it respectfully, is sometimes we've been worshippers because it's provided, and prayer ministry because it's provided, and we haven't known how to go there and just have him minister to us. And so we're kind of, I need another prayer ministry session. I'm having prayer ministry, so please don't make me bag it. Or I just want to be in the place of worship again because he's so good. And that is good because in, in corporate worship, it's a whole other level. But this is for us on a daily basis. And this would be so much more rich if we were all in this on a daily basis. And this isn't just provided sort of because he comes and he's so faithful. It's actually for us all the time. Yeah? 
It should be what we live from and how we're energized and what we even plan on our day. And busyness becomes the least important thing to do. Why are we so busy? Oh, because it's more effective to be busy than to do this, because this is awkward. I'm telling you now, this produces a lot of efficiency later. A lot of decisions are easier to make because you just trust your head, because you know what's in there is all of this. You just trust this connection happening all the time. All that you function in, how we're designed to be, sons and daughters, totally feels like I'm walking in those shoes today because of this, because you are, because you prioritize. And that's my son. Is everything okay? Um, does th is that all right? That's where conversation is, not here or here. And yet, please talk to him about finding a Python day. Just do it. It's friendship, yeah? It's not, it's not like one's bad and one's good. It's all of it, all the time. But don't miss out on date night and, and how are we going and what's, what's next and why am I hitting this wall all the time? And approach those things. Ask those things. He wants good, good connection with us. So stop staring at it and going, oh, it's not my place. It is your place. He's given us how. All right, last one. Yes, yes, respond. Respond, respond. Um, who's doing James? Oh my gosh, James is the book for today. James talks about if you look in a mirror and you walk away unchanged, not beautiful, basically, but differently, but it's in there, hear me out. Respond is because there's a place of whatever this conversation is. Sometimes a, a response to that is important, and it looks like something. So it could be a, like a, something's got to change in my life, or I'm going to give into this, or I'm going to go hang out with those people, or I'm going to apply for that job like this. But there's an activation of faith from here. So this doesn't kind of end, and then the next time you meet with him, you have another conversation. What this does is continue your conversation throughout the day. Is that cool? So the response is necessary. We're not like listening to God, having a conversation, then walking away and going, that was nice, and then you carry on. We, we are changed. We can't not be changed here. But this kind of questions every corner of it because we can be changed here and be spiritually moved, but we don't see how it applies in our relationship. So response calls us into, man, that place where I was was intimate with God and everything. I don't do that kind of vulnerability with my friend. Bummer. Like It really calls us into living like Christ because we start to experience who he is. Yep, we see him, we want to be like him, we're changed like him, and then response also is, what's that look like? What's that look like this day? It's a lot of the accountability so that we don't become people who hide in a secret place and never live on earth. That was me. It's a beautiful place here, let me tell you. It's way better than anywhere else. I don't want to be here. Like, seriously, when I came out of a hard season, I was like, I'd rather be sick than be here. That's how, that's how good it was. Didn't want to be sick. I'd rather be sick than be here because he's so good, but he wants us well, and he wants us running, and he wants us responding, so what does it look like in your daily life, what does it look like to overflow from this place, rather than run into it and hide all the time, okay, so responding, another thing that I put in here is recording, please write down what he says, these are things you chew on for ages, they're rich truths, often we're like, I need a guy to come along and prophesy over me, when you're in here, he prophesies over you all the time. Write it down. You will feast on it. I'm really bad at writing in the moment because I'm just too in on it. But afterwards, I get snippets and I just write them as bullet points. You don't have to be like every time we, yep, and then he said, and then I said. Like, it wouldn't work for me. I just like to step in. But afterwards, after worship, you'll often notice if you follow my Instagram, I will throw up, throw up, <laughs> I, will, I will put up, um, Phrases that I felt he called out of me in free worship because I, I want to chew on that all week, yeah? I want to get all I can out of it. I want to remember it because maybe a full song is going to come out of it. So I will put, I'll write it down, write it down, write it down. Otherwise, sometimes I'm sorry after here. Phrases that he says you might have in your dream on repeat. So write it down, okay? Because everything gets awakened. Everything goes crazy because you're finally doing intimacy as your function, yeah? Instead of work as your function. Is that cool? So record it, write it down, um, feast on it, figure it out. Sometimes it's mysterious and a puzzle piece. Research, 
oh my gosh, I love research. He's such a metaphorical God. Look things up. People will say phrases and you're like, I heard that exact phrase when I was just talking to God. What's going on? And you'll see patterns and you'll see he's saying the same thing to that person and this person. Suddenly unity becomes so much easier because we're all on the same page because we're talking about what God's talking about instead of talking about bad things about our friends. Yeah? We've got awesome topics we're talking about. Does that make sense? All right, cool. And then out of that respond record, you'll also find, especially if it's in your gift set, that you'll be interceding, prophesying, soaking and healing, or um, pursuing a form of stewardship for reteaching. So that he will, it's in here that that kind of stuff come comes out in better glory. Do you know what I mean? But can I just, I, I know that this could be edited and changed and whatever, but this is, I just sat with the Lord and found this was where he led me. And he can jump you right into here to here so don't feel like you have to follow it but if you're someone who's like I don't know how to even start or I've lost my flow um, seasons have come and I've gotten busy and I just don't even I don't even have the motivation to go there then I'm hoping this is like a spoon feed in a very honoring way a spoon feed like this is where I can go um, I sat down last night and I went oh does this actually work <laughs> let me try it again um, so I stood there and I was like okay Praise. And so I stood. I, I, I always move. Uh, and I don't mean that meanly, but I engage. And so I encourage you to engage. Otherwise, talking you don't talk to your spouse through your head. So please don't talk to God through your head. Talk with your lips. Your heart speaks. So speak. He gave your mouth. Just use it. Okay. So, and then he gave us an expression. Like when I'm talking, I'm using my hands. So it's God. He made us that way. Use your hands. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. It just go for it. Get real instead of rigid. All right, okay, and so when when I did this, and it was just amazing to start in praise, and already I just felt the presence of God on my hands, and then the weight of it just continued, and I was in tears by here, because of course, there's something there, and then it just goes like that, because it's the order that he's invited us to enter into his presence with. All right, so can I encourage you to just give it a try, give us feedback, tell me if it works, or if you hated it, it's okay if you find that it doesn't, and Tim and Pope, this is the most important place to be. It really is. This is the feasting. This is the table. And we drink on a Sunday, but your well might go dry unless you do this for yourself. Yeah? Bless you guys. <laughs>